Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Second down and three. Fields on the roll, sets up, throwing deep. He's got a man out there, and it is juggled and dropped by Robert Tunyon. Oh, Tunyon can't believe it. Sione Takitaki was trailing in coverage, and Tunyon just dropped a touchdown. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's the great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. How about that one? Holy that pass cow. was unbelievable. Yes. Uh, Right in his hands, it bounced twice off his hands. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing, man. That's that's something I completely forgot about hearing that. Good job there, Sean, because there was so much going on in that game that that's a moment that you know that's seven points. All right, maybe that changes the flow of the offense. Maybe change. I don't know, but that's that's seven points off the board there. They didn't get with that with that touchdown. That's that's a, that's a good grab there, Sean, because that's a, something just with all that went on in that game that I completely forgot about. What uh, what did you guys think? You know, What's it that? continues the it just continues yeah. <laughs> the argument yeah. of you know are the balls there to be made and the guys you know like Tunyon and, and Mooney just not catching right it just continues that continuous argument that we've been on now uh, this ride we've been on for two years. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the before half throwing the hail mary not kicking the fifty five yarder and then also Justin Fields taking that late, late hit that was a non-call that should have been a 15-yard penalty, then you get to line up for a field goal. Hmm. I didn't understand it, frankly. I, you know, he took a bad hit. I didn't understand what the thinking was on that. And it was – I know it didn't – I'm sure they'll get rid of it as an interception because it wasn't, but it did count as an interception. Um, and he had been going pretty well without throwing picks. So I, I just didn't get it. I was, yeah. I was laughing, Mully, because um, he didn't get that call, and I saw uh, Miles Garrett get ripped down on, like, a holding call, and I was like, I lost my money in Vegas, right? Because I, <laughs> I didn't get the holding. Yep, yep. I didn't get the call on Justin Fields, so I'm glad I didn't, they didn't have that parlay in Vegas there. But, uh, Pat, I, you know, really just more interested in what you thought about not kicking the field goal there. I just assumed that the, uh, you know, Hightower and Cairo just said, I can't make it from there. Yeah, right. I, that's what I kind of wanted to get to. I'm sure that's what it was. And then somebody tweeted that they were 
they were showing him, uh, I think, a pregame warm-ups. He couldn't make it from 54 yards or something like that going in that direction. And then one way you can also judge it, and when you watch the guys kick off, right? So the other direction, everybody was kind of kicking it through the end zone. Going into that direction where he was trying to, or could have lined up for a 55-yarder, it was just barely going across the end zone line. So I, I think it was a win thing. So what normally happens is you'll go into pregame, you'll go through your routine, you'll continue to back up to your your farthest spot you can make a kick, and that's your line. That's what you set. And then you can say, okay, what can we stretch it to if we have to, if the elements change? Uh, could you squeeze three or four more yards out of it? Uh, I, 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 To me, um, Cairo's earned the right to say no. He's a guy to me that he doesn't care about what he's made eight in a row or whatever, made 11 in a row in a four, before. I don't think he cares about that streak. I know some kickers did, and I'm not um, – Robbie Gold was not one of them, but there was other people that were like, man, I don't want to mess up my streak. And I, I hated that because you should be a team player. But, you know, that, that to me was – that's, that's Cairo making the right decision for the team as well, knowing he can't make it. You know, if, maybe if it's the end of the game, if they did get it there, you would try that instead of a Hail Mary. Um, but I, I had no problem with that call because that's something set up in pregame and you understand the distance that he can kick it. Pat, at, at that point, do you worry at all as a special teams guy – about like what what Vasher did, where they catch it, yeah, exactly, and they turn it on yes. you in a game like that. Yeah, because that's that's um you know you've got a bunch of big uglies covering the kick, right? And that's what you do worry about. You know, if people remember, it was uh, 01 against San Francisco with the uh, orange uniforms, where Nathan Vasher returned it 109 yards, and that's you've got a, a bunch of O linemen, a couple tight end covering kicks that aren't really you know cover guys, obviously, and that's definitely what you're worried for. And you just kind of weigh in, are your chances of making the kick or having that return hurt you? Uh, or are you, can you, you know, complete a Hail Mary? And as we saw, they were uh, potentially could complete the Hail Mary because uh, they did it at the end of the game, uh, or almost did it at the end of the game. Oh, gosh, I cannot believe some of the plays in that game. And, and you know, I, I hate to say this, but that last play, I get it. Didn't that remind you a little bit of Valus Jones in the end zone when he collapsed and the ball kind of hit his hands and then landed in his stomach, and the next thing you know, the ball pops out? That That's kind of what happened to Darnell Mooney on that play. And, and listen, it would have been a miracle and it would have been crazy, but the ball did hit him in the hands. And I, I know that it was slapped Twice. down. Yes. <laughs> I mean, why am I disappointed so I, in that? <laughs> well, just as the way we've, we've talked about Bayless Jones when it did happen, I didn't see exactly yeah. who it was, and I yelled out, was that Bayless? <laughs> and then uh, found out it wasn't. I was like, well, thank God for that young man because Molly would have killed him. Oh, I've never <laughs> forgiven him, have I? Yeah, that was rough. I apologize oh. to Bayless. Um, a, a lot going on in this game, a lot of things to really like, you know, and I do want to get to the Montez Sweat uh, element of this game we talked about the fact that they did lose a pass rusher going into the game and sweat finishes with two and a half sacks and five quarterback hits or hurries and he was just he was dominant and he you could argue may have been the best pass rusher in the game and you know i get it they gave up a second round pick for him and they gave him 98 million dollars but um I, I guess my question uh, for you guys is, did you know that he was that player among the, the – they had four number one picks on that line. And, you know, you were kind of spoiled for choice as to who was the best player, and, and certainly other people seemed to get more credit, but his coaches loved him in Washington and did not want to lose him. I'm just wondering if uh, 
if that indeed was something that that um, that you knew about him, that he was, you know, away from those guys, he's done nothing but grow and blossom and been relentless and all the rest of it. When he was with them, he may have been overshadowed because they had so many good players. Yeah, Olin, I'd yeah. love to get your take on it. Yeah, you know, Pat, I think you probably did the same thing I did, right? You called people in Washington yep. and asked them, what did you think yep. about Montez Sweat? And they all raved about him, Molly. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember being a little surprised at how much they actually loved him because why would you get rid of a young pass rusher you love that much, right? I guess that's just where they are right. with their salary cap and signing guys. But uh, after after talking to them, I wasn't surprised at, at what he's done here. And they, they were really impressed. I think, what's, I think what surprised me the most is, and I'm not in the locker room, is um, I don't know how you feel, Patty Mully, but it seems like he's a leader out there too. And it looks like he gets along. You know, they're doing all that dancing together and really mm-hmm. gets along well with his teammates and speaks very highly of Eberflus. Like, I, I'm... I'm um, a little just a little shocked, I guess, about, about how fast he's adapted and got comfortable here and feels like he belongs here and the effort he gives with the money he just got, Pat. Uh, I don't know how you feel, man, but but I am really impressed by what he's done. And remember, yeah, he's, and he missed the sack too early. Yes. Right? He missed yeah. that one. I mean, I don't want to say he, he killed the tackle, but uh, uh, <laughs> Flacco um, spun out and then he could have had another sack. Yeah, it is impressive, and I got we got to give Ryan Poles credit. You know, we talked about Chase Claypool in the pregame, how he missed on him, but he 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 swung and hit a grand slam with this guy, in my opinion. I didn't know he was going to be this good. We've what played him twice, right, when we, when he was with the Commanders, and just going back and kind of watching that tape, I thought he was a very good football player, but I didn't think, and and maybe my reasoning is what you said, Mully. He had three other first rounders across the board from him that you thought they would all dominate and kind of feed off each other. But he's doing it now with guys that are, you know, kind of NFLers. They're not, they're not studs, and he's making them better. Uh, he's getting better. Um, it, it's, it's really impressive what he's done. And Olin, like you talked about being a, being a good teammate, I think that's huge too. If you're going to pay somebody that amount of money, that's what you're looking for too. If you're going to pay a quarterback all that money, you want him to be a guy that everybody wants to be around, brings everybody together. And the guys I talked to in Washington said they, they, they were going to miss their favorite teammate in the locker room. And I was like, oh, that says a lot. You know what I mean? That, yes. that, that's a guy that brings everybody together. You're joking around. Um, you know, everybody gets right. along. And, you know, he's, he's a multiplier in the locker room, if that makes sense. And they just said, we're really going to miss him in the locker room. He's that good of a guy. Uh, I mean, they, they, Ryan Poles did a heck of a job. And you, you got to give him credit for that. He's made up for that Chase Claypool mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy is, uh, is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Andy. For taking my call, yeah, boy, really painful. Just a couple of quick observations. One is it seems like, you know, this is three games basically this year that they've snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. That's the difference between being eight and six and in the playoffs and having a losing season, number one. But that's the NFL. I mean, it's a parity league. you got to be able to finish. Um, I was watching the game with a bunch of Bears fans, a uh, table of us, and the consensus was that um, – we like Eberflus, especially because of the way the defense has been performing since he took over, that maybe he deserves another shot. But everybody wants to see Getsy gone. To Pat's point about, you know, the way the calls were being uh, made late in the game, it just seemed like the whole clock management thing just sort of went out the window. I, they were just, you know, it, it just seemed like very, very poor uh, play calling, and, and everybody seems to be kind of on the same page. wonder what you guys think. Yeah, Olin, uh... 
with you know, we get late in the game like that when you were in the huddle and you've got you know a ten point lead or whatever. Was there talk about all right? We're not going to snap the ball until there's two or three seconds left on the clock, trying to bleed every second off, so you're limiting, you know, the amount of times that they have a chance to 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 score or, or you know possessions. Oh, especially in that situation, right, yeah. Pat, where um, the other offense is really struggling. Yeah. Right? We want to take yeah. their possessions away. Now, if you're playing against a very good offense, then no, of course you're you got to try to stay aggressive because they may score also. But in this kind of game. Oh, I'm sure that was talked about on the sideline, right? And as far as the play calling goes, we talked about that Robert Tunyon drop. Uh, that was a fake, like, toss, boot, rollout. Yep. Remember Cole Komet sealed Miles Garrett, right? And, and Justin Fields got to the edge and threw it out there. And, Mully, you talked about when he got really hot and he was throwing the ball well. That's because they moved him around the, out of the pocket mm-hmm. first, right? And right. then he hits DJ Moore. Uh, they're on the sideline on a back, uh, back shoulder ball. So it's just those kind of things you wonder about. And I, I have to go back through the game, right, guys? But right. I don't remember a lot of that in the second half, right? I don't no. remember them moving the pocket a lot in the second half, uh, which is just weird to me. Yeah, I, I, the whole damn game is weird to me because, um, <laughs> you know, it just, it just the whole felt damn season. Like- well, the yeah. whole season. There you go. And, and I, I mean, we talked about it in the pregame show. It was very exciting, the idea that this was a game that they needed and they had to have. And it was later in the season, and they put a couple wins together. And, you know, it's a couple wins. You, you can't act like they won seven straight, right? It's a couple wins. It's hard to win three straight games. You could argue it's really hard to lose three straight games. That 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 should be the kind of thing. If you lose three in a row, something's got to happen. Someone's got to go. And uh, and to to see the Bears kind of, I, I feel like they kind of wasted a really good opportunity to get their longest winning streak in a long time. And I think it was last week, right? That Eberflus said finish. 20 or four times in 22 yes. seconds or something like yes. that. But yes. that's where we thought they were getting to. We felt like, all right, they finished the game last week against Detroit. And I was curious how they were going to come out. We talked about the pregame. How are they going to come out this week with that little extra juice? How exciting it is that locker room when you have a game like this, an opportunity like this to stack some wins and still have that little carrot in front of you, although it'd be now it's over, but the playoffs or whatever, they came out and they played hard. They, they played great. Yes. They came out very aggressive, defense flying around, getting t- takeaways, um, and then they just couldn't finish. And that's the big thing he's been preaching. And that's on the coaches and the players. And it's unfortunate because I just felt like they were turning the corner with what we saw the last two weeks against winning teams. They had a chance against to do it. Another winning team up 10, 12, whatever to go in the fourth quarter. And, and they can't finish. They just need to finish. Yeah, we, we talked about in the pregame coming into the game. Uh, we talked about the national view on the Bears, right? The yeah. national perspective on who the Chicago Bears are. And you could see their point also, right? It was the Lions. The Lions had a lot of injuries. Uh, it was, you know, why did Flores stop blitzing a quarterback who struggles with the blitz late? So those things were being asked by the national, the national media, and we came into this Cleveland game knowing that the Cleveland had all these injuries. They're on their fourth quarterback. Uh, you wanted them to win this game so we could believe that you were improving, yep. that things were getting better, that this team was taking the next step towards elite and all of that just got it just sucks that that got taken away to be honest yep yep yeah it, I, it, I, hold on yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see how this team rebounds from this one 
Right. You know, because mm-hmm. the, 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 now the talk is going to be about, you know, we were, everybody was kind of saying maybe Eberflus is earning his job. And now it's going to swing the other way. What's going to happen inside that locker room? What's going to come from the podium? Uh, you know, what are the answers going to be from some of the guys now that, that the playoffs are done? Uh, I, I expect it to probably, you know, bad stuff's not going to be said about Eberflus uh, from the guys inside. But this, this, is, this will be an interesting time to kind of just see how this team uh, of players inside that locker room deal with this, knowing the uncertainty that's in front of them. I know this is a, a, a mean-spirited question, and I don't mean it as such, but does the fact that the playoff dream, however absurd it may have been, um, does that mean that you start trying to play more young guys? You start looking toward who's coming back and what can you get out of them, that kind of thing? Is that – you know, they, had, they got a lot of good performances from young players, right? Stevenson, that was a great interception. Mm-hmm. He, he did a great job in mm-hmm. that. And, and their secondary is very young. Um, do, do, we, do we anticipate with three games remaining that the Bears may take a look at other guys on the roster that we haven't seen much of this year? I would have said Dominic Robinson, for instance, before this game where he was actually active. Yeah, it's a great question, but I think all the young guys are on the field. <laughs> you know, right, that's <laughs> I think all the guys that you would take a look at are on the field, and I would have to go back through the roster, but I don't see anybody there, you know, with a young guy behind him or a young draft pick behind him where you're kind of wondering, well, why would this guy be playing over him in this situation? What about Javon Dexter? Would that be one that maybe you really up his, his, his play, uh, snap count? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I know it's, I know it's gone up a little bit, but that's one to me that, you know, I, I think the more reps he's he's getting in this system, the better he's becoming. I, that that would be the one player because Owen, you're right. It's it's a whole team of young guys. I mean, who do you mm-hmm. who do you put in there? I mean, you're probably splitting time between Stevenson and Smith at corner, right? Maybe a, a safety. I don't know who you're going to put in for Eddie Jackson, um, but to me, it would just be Javon Dexter, uh, Pickens. I don't think you would do that because you paid Billings. He's going to be here. You want him to be on that D line working with those guys. Oh, Billings figured, on that third and two. Oh, oh man, he ate that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was he is uh, good, man. You know, we've been talking about that, I think, now, Pat, for almost three weeks, right? Like, I thought it, we thought it was Javon Dexter's time three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, that wouldn't shock us. You know, that wouldn't be shocking either if they moved him in there. Let's try Mike. Mike's in Rockford. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon, good afternoon gentlemen. Uh, listen, I'll make this short and sweet. Here's the deal. Two wins, the Bears go two two wins in a row, and everybody's changing their mind. The whole city, all Bear fandom mania, is saying, "Oh, I got to keep Eberflus, got to keep Gutsy, got to, you know, Justin Fields. Maybe he's a quarterback." Listen, I want to keep Fields, but after the t- today's game, guys, the d- the defense gave them the gifts. Fields couldn't move the ball for anything, and I want to know why they're keeping him in the pocket. He he's not a pocket passer. Gutsy, his play calling is horrible and suspect most of the time, and very predictable, he's got to go. If, if you know, I, all I'm going to say is if Iberfus is going to keep his job, he's got to get rid of Getsy because he'll definitely be gone next year. Uh, and one other point, guys, I hope that uh, Tevin Jenkins isn't hurt too bad because he was really, he's really one of the best Bears uh, offensive linemen. Uh, but I just got to say, after today's game, guys, I, I really, really think that Bears might have to make a change at quarterback because I, I I just don't know guys. He looks he looks really good at times, but he he can't find the open receivers. Uh, I'm talking about Justin Fields. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
hard to defend right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, that's 100 percent. Here's the thing. I mean, what, what's happening, too, now is we got excited, like he said, for two weeks. And I did. We all did. We were excited this morning for the game. They're, just, they're showing their true colors. This is who they are. They can't finish. You know, they, they did it for two weeks, but it's a long season. they got to be able to do that. You want to see the growth. And then to his point about Eberflus, if he stays, all right, if they keep Justin Fields and Eberflus, there's no way Luke Getze stays. You can't do that. You can't that's – the, that's not his system. You can't let him uh, be driven by Luke Getze anymore with what he's doing because it's not working. Uh, but we don't know whether he'll keep him or not uh, – keep Justin Fields or not. But if you do – it's tough to say that you're going to have to put him through another offensive coordinator. That's just, this is not a system that he can run well. Yeah, and we talk about uh, Justin Fields. You know, Dan Pompey talked about uh, his ball security, right, and worrying about that yeah. in the rain, and that's something he has to improve on. And, and kind of on that drive we talked about where Tunyon dropped the ball and then he hit DJ Moore in the flat. It was like all right there on that one drive, and on third and eight, Tevin Jenkins jumps on it, but – uh, they do cause him to fumble in the pocket, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like Mike was talking about on the on the phone. We, you know, we we want Justin Fields to be the guy. We want to believe they turn the corner, and then but it's almost like with this team uh, we've been talking about for weeks now. You can almost predict what's about to happen, right? Like, oh man, here we go. They're gonna give up that play, or uh, after these great plays, this is usually when a fumble happens, right? Or this is when yeah. Getzey makes a bad call or keeps him in the pocket too long. It's like, uh, um, I don't know what the, the decision makers up at Hallis Hall um, think has to change, but something has to change. Mm-hmm. All righty, 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. You're listening to the Great Clips postgame show on the score presented by Tullamore Dew. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Nine. Blacko facing a four-man rush. Pressure comes. Sweat's got him again. His third sack of the day. Oh, yes, indeed. It is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemordu, and that is Montez Sweat, and he's hot, man. He's been great since coming to the Bears, and he adds to his total. He now has six sacks on the season. They talked about it in the game. He still leads the commanders in sacks and now he leads the bears he's going to lead two teams by the end of the year and uh and he's hot and uh cold sadly we're going to stick with uh with darnell mooney he was cold coming into the game and he didn't really do anything to get himself out of that so uh sadly he is uh cold and this uh who's hot and who's cold is sponsored by plumbers 911 plumbing emergency Call the plumbing professionals available 24 7 at 1833 Plum 911. Uh, a missed opportunity for the Bears. Another late breaking loss. They managed to, uh, to lose a game they seem to have uh, in control. And, uh, and unfortunately, they, uh, they end up with uh, assured now of a losing season in year two of the. Uh, of the Matt Eberflus era, 
And, uh, you know, good things have happened, and you don't want to overreact. But losing close games like that, that's going to leave a mark, sadly. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's just, it, it is. And it's just, it stinks because they had, I thought they were turning the corner. And I thought this would have been them turning, you know, completely almost turning the corner to the to the next level of learning how to finish. And they couldn't do it. You know, the defense at the end could not finish. And I was just thinking about this. I was reading my notes during that, that break there that, you know, the defense could have had, what, three more interceptions that were tipped yeah. into their hands, right? Yeah. But they also bailed out the special teams when Olin's buddy, or Olin's buddy, Olin's guy, Trent Taylor, muffed a punt. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyreek Stevenson, the next play, intercepts it near the goal line, right? Yeah. Uh, so the defense had, a, I mean, if you think about it, I wish they could have finished. I wish they could have capped it off and not let them score at the end. But they had a heck of a game and could have even had a greater game with more interceptions that were in their hands. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough one because there was some excitement going into the game and we talked about how people would think we're crazy to be excited about this team going to this game against an injured Cleveland Browns team. But uh, that's what happens when you have a one winning season. I think was is like 11 seasons now. So right. uh, when you right. do get two wins, uh, we get a little bit excited, hoping this team was <laughs> turning a corner, hoping they were changing uh, who they were and, and the young players were getting better and they were going to figure out how to win games on the road uh, versus a quarterback who just came off the couch who had – uh, four or five backup offensive linemen in the game and two new safeties and all the things we talked about going to the game. Could you find a way to win a game where your defense scores a touchdown and puts you on a one yard line, which basically accounts for 14 points in that game. And, and again, you found a way to lose it. And eventually, if, if you're a decision maker, you have to say, look, I know all the, all the reasons why I can say why it's not your fault. I just have to say what's actually happening. I mean, everything you listed there, Olin, just makes it unacceptable. You know what I mean? That's unacceptable. You should not lose that game with everything you just said there. Like there, there it's and that's that's on coaches, that's on players. That's just it's unacceptable. Um, and like I said, it's just unfortunate that this kind of game had to happen, where while it was going through three quarters, you're writing a different script, how you're feeling about this team. The defense is really growing. They're dominating game. They're going to win it because of the defense. Okay, we got through on with the going against the number one defense in the NFL. We we got to win that way. Our defense outplayed them, but. Oh, man, that's just it's, it's a sad thing to hear because everything there you just said makes it an unacceptable loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other element of this is, like, I don't know how to view their season now, knowing that they won't have a winning record, knowing that, you know, they did get to a point where they won a couple games in a row. They did get to a point where they won a couple games in the division. And, uh, you know, I think they are 5-9, and nine right now as we speak um they've got uh, three games left two i would argue are winnable and and i was uh i was looking back i think i took them for seven wins so if they get to eight wins am i to feel differently about them if they get to seven wins and they do exactly kind of what i anticipated they do given their seed given every element of it do, do I think differently about it because they won more games at the end of the year, if indeed that turns out to be the case, um, as opposed to understanding, well, you know, it's really hard to open an NFL season, and you're going to drop four games before you realize that things are actually going on. I, I just don't know how to feel about this year and these final three games, if indeed – you know, they're playing hard and they're the try-hard team and you can see it on tape. They're going to win a couple more games. Is it different if they win three 
they get to the three-game winning streak? Does any of it really matter once you know that you're out and other teams uh, might have different information? Molly, would you pick them for seven wins if you knew they had Montez Sweat? No. Mm-hmm. Right? I if you knew, you knew had that better. guy, would you yes. give him a couple more wins? Right? Like that, yes. That's kind of changed yes. a few things there. But, but like you're saying, we're in the midst of the forever rebuild, right? That's what we're talking yeah. about yeah. with this team when we're watching them. Uh, you don't expect much of them because, like we're talking about, what happened today, although um, pisses you off watching them do that, uh, you, you expected it, right? You're watching the game, and you're like, well, I wonder when they're going to tie this up. Right. I wonder how they're going to lose this game. Pat. I mean, you hate yep. thinking that it's just yep. that we've watched him so much over the years and you you like you want them to prove you wrong. Right. You want to come on here and say the things we said in pregame that they're improving that they did win uh, beat two teams in their division and they beat the division leading Detroit Lions. And we just watched the Lions uh, blow the Denver Broncos out. So it was a good win, a legitimate win right against a good football team. And you want them to go beat a team that that is decimated by injuries, but it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's amazing the the positivity we had this morning compared to the way I feel right now. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited. I got up so this morning. True. I'm like, I cannot wait yeah. for this game. I, you know, I had a, had them winning. I thought with all the injuries that we talked about that they were just the better team and they're going to keep improving and we're going to enjoy doing pregame every Sunday for the rest of the year. And then they go out there and they do that. And it's just it's depressing. And and Owen, you're right. It's it that that sad feeling snuck back in. Like, how are they going to lose this game? And that's just, you know, that's that's the culture of, of that team right now. And um, that's on Matt Eberflus, right? And, I, and I'm wondering if Ryan Poles had that feeling as well. You're talking about him up in that suite. Was he worrying about, uh-oh, are we going to slide back in? Or are we going to let him slide back in and lose this game? Um, and I'm wondering if, if guys like that in the building had that feeling. And if you do, then you understand your decision's kind of already made. That you can't continue with this coaching staff, this quarterback, um, and you got to look at yourself, you know, internally. And if, you, if you're feeling that up there, and he, he's got to have a feeling one way or the other, and you think he'd be want to be positive, but you got to look inside yourself and answer that honest question. That if he is feeling that up there, then I think the uh, the answer is written. Let's try. Um, I I believe it's Marlin. Marlin's in Chicago. Hey, Marlin. Hey, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Um, let me say this: the Bears had better try to keep Justin Fields because you can get Caleb Williams here if you want to. You'll have another Draymond Green on your hands. Uh, He's not all that great. Uh, The offensive line, they need an offensive staff to create an offensive uh, uh, line that can block for Justin Fields. Every time the ball was snapped, he had a defensive player in his face. So how can he get uh, get rid of the ball quickly when you've got 6'8", 6'7", 6'6", linemen in your face? You can't see anybody. I'm 6'4". I wouldn't be able to see a receiver. You've got to be able to block for your quarterback and quit holding Justin Fields in the pocket. Roll him out. That's what Aaron Rodgers did. That's why he was successful. Get rid of this coaching staff. Eberflus I would probably keep. Make him a defensive coordinator. But get rid of this uh, coaching staff you got and bring in some people that know how to play football. Darnell Mooney cannot block. He cannot catch. Uh, The Bears should have won this game 24-20. All right. Thank you. Um, You know, 
I wonder how Flusi will react when you tell him, hey, we're keeping you, but you're just going to be the <laughs> defense coordinator. <laughs> I heard somebody on the radio, I don't know who said it, it's like give him a million-dollar pay raise, keep him as a defense coordinator, and then bring in another head coach. That way you can keep him around because you are impressed with the way he's calling this defense. I, I, that's never going to happen, but, yeah, that's, that's fun talk for the radio. But I think what we're finding out, guys, is Getsy and Fields are not the answer together. I think the, the question is, can Fields do it with somebody else? Or, you know, if, if you're getting rid of Fields, to me, you start over with a, with a fresh offensive coordinator with the new rookie quarterback, and I, I just don't think it's Getsy. But um, I, I think we're finding out that Getsy and Fields, that's, that's not the answer. That, that one's already – that's solved to me. That equation's is solved. That's not, that's, that's not the answer, and just that should be – no more talk of that going forward. Yeah, uh, you know, no more – young offensive coordinator with a young quarterback surrounded by a young offensive staff in Chicago, if you guys don't mind, right? Yeah. With a defensive head coach. <laughs> if anybody doesn't mind, right? If, if anybody doesn't mind, uh, uh, no, no more of that. And then as far as the, you know, the Caleb Williams argument that, that Marlon makes, I mean, you, you'd have to go and do a, a ton of research on him yes. and, and whether it's May and, and it's just comparing the two and how, which direction you want to go in with your quarterback. And it just, again, it just sucks to be talking about this situation again. Ah, no question about it. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Duke. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Pressure up the middle, in trouble, and down he goes. Demarcus Walker got to him for the sack. He almost lost that football, but Walker, now two and a half sacks on the year, drops him for a loss of eight. Well, right here, you got to get some help from your left tackle and Kareem Hunt to stay on his side. Oh, man. Edwards knocked him back. Welcome back to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew, and that is the hit of the game. Demarcus Walker with his sack, sponsored by S-Wing Professional Tools, made and the USA for 100 years, estwing.com. And, uh, you know, again, good performance all the way around by the Bears' defense, but very little of consequence or not enough, let's put it that way, from uh, the uh, the Bears' offense. The uh, 
the Eddie Jackson uh, interception got them to the one-yard line and then uh, four plays, eight plays, whatever way you want to look at it, <laughs> they managed to get a touchdown. Uh, it took long enough, and it, they were all over the field, for God's sake. And, uh, and, and listen, I mean, what the heck? Cleveland, right? They had 12 guys on the field twice in that <laughs> sequence. I mean, not once, mind you, but twice they did that. And, uh, and uh, the Bears uh, jumping and helping, whatever. Uh, they did get the touchdown, and then obviously they got a, uh, an interception returned for a touchdown by uh, D.J. Edwards. A very good play on his part, and uh, good to see the Bears score on defense. Not sure they did enough on offense, but we talk about that defense being very good, even missing some pieces. Yeah, but the, the word, they got to finish. They didn't finish. I want to know yeah, what happened on the back end on those two pass plays. I know there was kind of missed tackles. Uh, how much was busted coverage again? You know, we saw that in – in Detroit, um, uh, three weeks, four weeks ago, I guess it is now. Uh, but you know, what's going on back there? Why can't they finish? You know, and I, you want to see them get to the quarterback, sack him, get him, get the yeah. game over that as well. But it was, if you take the overall uh, grade of the game, the defense dominated, but they just couldn't finish. And the finishing is the biggest thing. We want to see Justin Fields finish. He couldn't do it, and the defense couldn't finish either. Yeah, they they couldn't, and and you know, I was thinking about Molly. Um, uh, Pat, I was thinking about when you talked about they weren't going to miss anything and walk. Do you remember early in the game when he shoved Najoku like six yards in the back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is a hard block on that edge, man. He is a, a, a tough player in a defense. You know, I mean, I guess at the end of the game, if you go back through uh, when they hit Amari Cooper for 40 yards and then Najoku makes that great catch in the back of the end zone, I mean, yes, I guess those are the drives. I mean, if you want them to do more, uh, mm-hmm. those are the things that you want, right? You know, and, and Mark Cooper again late in the game, and, and Flaffa ends up with 300 yards passing. But I mean, you're you're just you're just trying to poke holes in a masterpiece, right? Which is yeah. uh, what the defense basically put on a show today, and we just don't come out to win. And and you know, being a guy who's a part of a lot of games with a great defense and a bad offense, as an offense, you know when you didn't do enough, right? When you didn't make the plays. I mean, you go even to uh, you know they get the ball back after that touchdown. With about four minutes left, and you're thinking two for one, finally. We talked about that yep. a lot, right? Cleveland decided to take the ball. Uh, you got a chance for two for one, and you go three and out because, again, you lose yards on your first play on even that drive at the end of the first half. Uh, uh, they're going into halftime, and you don't get any points out of that. So uh, just not enough, obviously, from the offense today, and the defense gives up big plays, and, and you lose a game you should have won. And I know this sounds really familiar, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a rough one. I think Flusi should give out game balls to everyone, write finish on them, and then just use a giant red pen and put an X <laughs> over them. Or well, finish, them. finish, finish, yeah. right? Is what he yep. said a couple of weeks that's, ago. That's mm-hmm. it. And, yeah. and, and you know, and we and we always talk about Pat Lake and Molly that you have to define finish for your team, right? And mm-hmm. uh, if on the pregame show we can talk about, man, uh, uh, what are they gonna do? with the ball and fills his hand at the end of the game. If you yep. can predict that, why can't they, right? And the, and the, and the thought can't be from Getze, well, here I'll throw a toss crack to Khalil Herbert and oh. I'll crack Miles uh, Garrett into the boundary on first and 10. Oh, yeah. Right, like, I don't know. I just, just Some of these things just kind of confuse you uh, when you watch the game and you're thinking, okay, they're not really going to do it again, but then it does happen again. 
All yeah, right, you're just not to... giving your quarterback a chance to win the game. That's that's you know you want the evaluation and we didn't get it. We want to send out a thank you to Aurelio's Pizza for mm. delivering some great food for today's game. Download the mm. Aurelio's app. Start earning rewards. Visit Aurelio'sPizza.com to order from the nearest location uh, near you, the location nearest you, Aurelio's Pizza. It's the sauce. Uh, I'll be on tomorrow starting at 5.30 a.m. Olin, you will be a guest at 7, I believe, and Patrick Tuesday and Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Tuesday and Wednesday, yes. All right, great stuff. We'll, I'll be uh, listening, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> you always <Yeah>. do. <laughs> I'll be taking notes. And, uh, and here's hoping that uh, that things seem brighter tomorrow than they did uh, sadly this afternoon. What a well. what a wretched finish to that game. And uh, sadly, third time that's happened this year. That seems what a like word. a lot. What a word. Yeah. All right. It's uh, <laughs> it is indeed the Great Clips Post Game Show presented by Tullamore Dew. We finished it See you tomorrow. See you. <laughs>